Mike effing White. Improbable, dramatic, historic. The Jets backup QB shocked the world Sunday, throwing for 405 yards and three touchdowns in a stunning Jets 34-31 win at MetLife over the Bengals. What happened? We relive the glory and also preview the Thursday matchup ahead with the Colts. Our special guest was there Sunday on the radio call of the game. That would be Jets legend and radio analyst Marty Lyons. So join us for a Mike effing white victory edition of Gangs All Year from the New York Post. It's Mike effing white. Mike white. A lot of pressure. And it was caught for the touchdown they signaled by Berrios. White. To the end zone, they've got the lead! Touchdown, Tyler Croft, a former Bengal! Mike is fantastic. He's poised. He's showing it all throughout camp, all throughout OTAs. He deserves to be one of those guys, and obviously he showed it today. Hand off to Moore, back to Crowder. They got the two to the quarterback, White! And they lead by three! What a game for Mike White, getting his first opportunity to start and getting his first win. He's a savage, he's a dog, he's an animal. I really appreciate everybody in this room for not flinching and trusting in me and, and all my teammates. We just did out there and executed. That's all it they- oh, Hey, enjoy this one, boys. Yeah. Enjoy this one. Ooh. Welcome back to a rare, very rare victory edition of the Gangs All Here podcast, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Those sounds you just heard, courtesy of the CBS broadcast, Kevin Harlan, Trent Green on the call. You heard clips from Mike effing White himself, from Coach Robert Sala, Ty Johnson, courtesy of SNY TV. It's Jake Brown here alongside Jets beat writer Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio, at Brian Cos. Get the show wherever you get podcasts. Joining us later in the show will be friend of the program, Jets radio analyst, a member of the New York Sack Exchange. That would be Marty Lions, well, I mean, I'm a, I can't even form a sentence. I mean, gosh, <laughs> what just happened on Sunday? We talked about, man, we'd love to come on here and predict an improbable win led by Mike White. They score 34 points. He throws <laughs> the 400 yards. We'd love to say all these things will happen, but they just won't happen. Well, something spooky happened. Mike White was dressed in, in Joe Montana outfit or something. That was his costume for Halloween. 405 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, which were both tip balls. The Jets win a thriller over one of the best teams in the NFL so far this year at 5-2 and two in the Bengals. They've beaten two really high-quality teams in the Titans and Bengals at home. But, man, nobody saw this coming from a guy no one heard of a week ago. He made his first appearances in the NFL last week, makes his first start, has the best Jets quarterback performance since Vinny Testaverde threw for 400-plus in 2000. The only other QB in their debut to throw for 400 was Cam Newton. I mean, the stats go on and on. We won't go through every freaking stat, but we will go through Mike Effing White being a hero on Sunday. You were there, Kaz. Improbable, incredible, dramatic, historic. Yeah, I mean, Jake, I said it. I, I was I was tempted to pick the Jets last week. Tempted, but I couldn't pull the trigger. And, you know, of course, I wish I did now. But, you know, I thought the Bengals might come in sleepwalking a little bit because – they're not used to being a winning team. 
And I think the Jets caught them. I think that's what, what happened. But I, even then, I thought in the second half, the Bengals would wake up and be able to pull off the game. And the Jets did a lot of great things. Not, you know, not just Mike White. He's obviously the headliner. And it's incredible. 405 yards. I watched this guy all summer. I watched him last summer as well. No one could say they saw this coming. I mean, the Jets can say all they want, how they had faith in him and all that stuff, but no one could have seen 405 yards and just the way he played. But they, they were proven right about him. You know, they we all talked about the they need a veteran backup. They said, oh, we got Mike White, and people chuckled. Well, he was pretty good on Sunday. But also, Jake, beyond that, Michael Carter was just tremendous, I thought, after the catch. I saw a quote from Zach Taylor after the game, the Bengals coach. They asked him, you know, the Jets had 511 yards. And he said, how many of those were after contact? He's like, that's what killed us. He's like, we could not tackle these guys. And you watch the way Michael Carter ran on Sunday. And it was like, you know, they, the Jets got something there with Michael Carter. And then the other one, Jake, I thought the defense played really, really well against a high-powered offense. They were humiliated last week with 54 points to the Bengals, or to the Patriots, rather. And then they come out against the Bengals. They set the tone right away, three and out. Then after Mike White stumbles and throws the interception, they have the goal line stand. You know, and then Jake, late in the game, they did something that we talked about last week with Beningo that the Jets defenses haven't done in a while. And that's come up with a stop in the fourth quarter when they needed to. And they came up with two. They had the interception by Shaq Lawson and then the sack by Sheldon Rankins on third down. I thought it was an all around really strong performance. The offensive line too, Jake, can't overlook them. They played very well. All around, really nice effort by the Jets on Sunday. Really, just, I mean, I wanted to run through a brick wall after this game. Even Josh Johnson, you know, people forgot that Mike White got hurt in this game, came back into the game. Josh Johnson was fine in his replacement, didn't expect he was going to see the field. But, you know, he got hurt, comes back in, plays well, and the Jets did the simple things right, Kaz, on Sunday. They they got the ball to running backs. They, they screen pass to open the game. We've been clamoring for it. They've been getting abused by it. They said, why don't we do what other teams are abusing us with? And that's a screen pass and get the ball to running backs. Michael Carter was great, but he was really even better as a receiving back. 95 yards, nine receptions. The Jets tied Johnson five for 71 in that touchdown that they didn't call a touchdown at first. And, and the officiating we'll get into it in a second. It was all over the place in this game, but... It's nice to look at the stat sheet and just see the Jets dominate every category. 5'11 total yards, 414 passing yards, 97 to 41 rushing, 6.6 to 5.9. We talk about total plays. The Jets had 78, the Bengals had 54. I mean, time of possession, 36 to 23 minutes. I mean, the only category the Bengals won in this game was turnovers. And those weren't even truly Mike White's fault. He might need to go to Jenny Lynch and get a softball going because he throws a little bit too hard sometimes. He throws it behind him. Those two were tipped. Tough breaks there. Wasn't weren't the best throws, but not necessarily all on him. It wasn't necessarily a bad read. It was just hit off a guy and bounce the other guy's hands. Outside of those, you just never saw anything like it. And obviously the questions you know that come from you guys after the game are like, if he keeps performing like this, how dare you even think about putting <laughs> Zach Wilson back on the field? Because Obviously, it's one game, and, and he could crap the bet on Thursday against the Colts, which we'll preview in a few minutes. But if he keeps playing anything close to that and a more competent offense that we're seeing, you have to keep the guy that gives you the best chance to win out there. And that would be Mike White if he keeps playing like that. It's pretty complicated, Jake, because, you know, this season, they pretty much set the tone at the beginning of the year that, okay, this is going to be about development this year and starting with the quarterback, right? They handed Zach Wilson the job. He had no competition. Like this was going to be developing Zach Wilson. So now do you reverse course on that? Because, you know, you, you want to win football games. That's going to be an interesting decision. I think they're very lucky that they have this game Thursday night coming up. It's going to come up fast. 
There's not a lot of time for this conversation to linger this week. There's also no question about Wilson this week. He's out. So, you know, Mike White is going to get this chance. Is he going to go out throw for 400 yards on Thursday night again? I don't think so, Jake. That I mean, if he does that, <laughs> then, then there's no doubt. But, like, what if he goes out and throws for 250 yards and a touchdown and the Jets lose? The thing is, Robert Sala left the door open. I was kind of surprised after the game. He said anything's possible. He has to look at the other 50, 51 guys in the room outside of Mike White and Zach Wilson and say, I'm giving you the best chance to win. And if Mike White plays like he did yesterday, he's given, he's going to give him the best chance to win. The other question I have about Zach right now, Jake, is you saw what Mike White did yesterday, right? He threw to the running backs. He took the check downs. He threw underneath the Crowder, threw underneath the Mims a couple times, threw underneath the tight ends. He did not try to force things. We've been killing Mike LaFleur. Is this on Zach Wilson more than Mike LaFleur? Has he, Mike LaFleur been calling it this way the whole time and Zach Wilson just hasn't been taking the checkdowns when he needs to? And Mike White did that yesterday? Or was LaFleur, did LaFleur call a different game yesterday? You know, the offense wasn't completely different, but they, they threw a few trick plays in there. I thought they came out aggressive throwing instead of just running the ball up the middle to start the game. But clearly, Mike White operated the offense a lot better than Zach Wilson has this year. And when LaFleur calls him Saturday and says, we're going to open up and start firing. Well, they did. And it was so refreshing refreshing to see an offense for the first time score in the first quarter and let's just say it now Jets fans together we're sorry Mike White we're sorry for saying the Jets need another quarterback we apologize for not knowing a damn thing about you would love to learn about you would love to have you on gangs all here and learn about who the hell you are because you are a hero now in New York. We should have had him on Gangsville here a few weeks ago, Jake, because now the list is long. Now we're competing with Peter King wants him and Albert Breer wants him and ESPN wants him and the NFL Network wants him. So he's got he's going to be a very, very popular guy with media requests. Well, he's now gotten a free drink anywhere he goes in, in the New York, New <laughs> Jersey people, area. If people recognize him, Jake, you, yeah. could, you could walk into bars tonight in a story and say, hey, I'm Mike White. And get some free drinks, and no one's going to challenge you. I really can, and my name is as generic as Mike White. So Jake Brown, Mike White, same thing. One could throw four hundred five yards. One he could eat four hundred five calories uh, in a, in a quick sitting. But it was just so improbable, and I was like, I'm watching this game. I'm like, for once in my life, I'm like, I wish I was there today. I mean, I could have free tickets. They were going for thirteen dollars on Ticketmaster. You could sit in the forty yard line for forty dollars. Forty yard line, forty dollars. That should be the new Jets uh, discount code. But it's a rare Sunday. I'm like, damn, I wish I was there because the trek it doesn't always make it worth it. But if you were there, congrats. And it wasn't. It was half full, right? It was. It was oh, pretty yeah, empty. it was pretty empty. There was a lot of people dressed up as empty seats for Halloween yesterday. So <laughs> yeah, it was pretty empty. And I said it was all gas, no break into the parking lot yesterday, Jake. Too, you know, it, it was. But this is why you love sports, right? Because if it if you can predict everything that would happen, it would be fun. The unpredictable part is fun. And for Jets fans, they haven't had many good things that have been unpredictable <laughs> in yeah. recent years, but this was one. So, yeah, it's a, definitely a memorable game. I was trying to think, Jacob, like when the last time I saw a quarterback dominate a game like that for the Jets. And, you know, regardless of the yards, I, like obviously Vinny Testaverde, 2000 is the last one that threw for 400, but – I think I, I was going back to Ryan Fitzpatrick in the beginning of 2016. He had a, th- a Thursday night game against Buffalo. He played really, really well. And then the next week he threw six interceptions against Kansas City. So that shows you too. It's a week-to-week league. Like just because Mike White did that Sunday does not mean Thursday night's going to be the same performance. He could struggle. So Yeah, it's a quick turn. You almost like Kaz that it's a quick turnaround because he could keep the hot streak going here. I mean, he's only got 72 hours to enjoy that one until he's back in the field against a Colts team that's coming off a dramatic overtime loss to the Titans. And that's going to be an interesting game. 
Thursday because Carson Wentz is so hit or miss. He made a terrible decision to throw the ball that led to a pick six. Luckily, they still sent it overtime, but he makes some mind-blowing decisions. He was 27 for 51 with three touchdowns, two interceptions against the Titans. The Colts are coming in at three and five. Here come the Jets at two and five, which is uh, still a couple of games back of second place, thanks to the Patriots beating the Chargers in shocking fashion on Sunday. But we also got to say, you know, having C.J. Mosley back in this field was this guy is just electric. And we talked about this and how you talk to this guy about he needs to get paid even more than what he's getting. But having him back, it seems like he's on the field all over the place every play. And that was refreshing to watch the defense and how explosive they were. They're not going to get the love in this game, and rightfully so. Mike White deserves it, but like you said before, the defense deserves a lot of credit because they put out a hell of a performance, and these cornerbacks, guys, keep outperforming our expectations. They keep doing things that we never saw coming. The safeties, having Marcus May back was big, obviously, but really those cornerbacks are doing a lot more than what we asked of them, and it, it's good to finally see a turnover as well because that was not seen. By defensive end Shaq Lawson, who was the last guy you'd probably predict. But yeah, Jay, I was a little surprised the Bengals didn't test the Jets secondary a little bit more. I think they came in to knowing that the Jets were going to try to take away the deep ball. And they said, okay, we're going we're gonna to go underneath. We're going to do that. Go to Mixon. Go to the tight end. But, you know, Jamar Chase, they really didn't take a shot down the field at Jamar Chase at all. He had the bad drop in the end zone on the short pass on the goal line stand. Jamar Chase did not do much damage in this game. He had his, his season lows and catches and yards against, against the Jets yesterday. So I, I was a little surprised that they didn't push the ball down the field more. They did the one to T. Higgins in the second half, and they had a few trick plays where they, they got some yardage. But overall, Jets defense, they bounced back in a big way yesterday. We asked for competence. We asked to compete, and they did beyond that, and they won the game on Sunday, 34-31. Two and five going into now this Colts matchup. Well, this is one show going into that Colts game, so we have to preview that game. All right, Jets-Colts, you know, the Jets are 10-point underdogs going into the day on Monday, Kaz. This game now is a not a coin toss, but I think the Jets could compete and maybe win this game, and I'm going to say they're going to win it. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to say they're going to ride high into Indianapolis. The Colts are not that good. They're a very subpar team. I think Mike White's going to go in there and win his first road game in Indianapolis, and I'm going to take the Jets 23-20. As you eat that shrimp and the shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's, the Jets win 23-20. I'm not sure if I'm ready to make a pick yet, Jake. I have not even looked at this game. You know, I'm still recovering from yesterday. So I, I, I really saw a couple of highlights from the Colts game. I saw the pick you talked about with Wentz. Uh, my initial thoughts, though, are I usually lean toward the home team on a Thursday night. Uh, when I'm when I'm picking games, just because I think it's tough for road teams to come off a game Sunday. You get Monday, Tuesday, then you're traveling Wednesday, play a game Thursday. That's rough. And I also think the Colts need this one, right? And I know the Jets now are two and five, but they're still not. I still think we're ready to slide them into playoff contender slot yet. The Colts are fighting for their life in that division, and now. As we're recording this podcast, Jake, there's news that Derrick Henry might be done for the year. The Colts might feel like, okay, we can get back in this. So I'm leaning toward the Colts, but you're going to have to check out Thursday's New York Post or NYPost.com to get my full pick. How's that for a tease? There you go. You got... Are the cops coming for you, Jake? Yeah, they are. They are coming for me. They're like, how the hell do you pick the Jets 
<laughs> just because they won a game. They're like, you've lost your mind. You're giddy. You're giddy. Mike White's got you re- ready to run through every uh, chicken parm hero in Astoria at some point here. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's just one of those games. We've been waiting for a moment like this. I think that's Kelly Clarkson lyrics, actually. Is that right, Hearts? Yeah, Kelly Clarkson, uh, American Idol season one <laughs> winner. But we've been waiting for this. And, you know, the perfect week to have Beningo on. It's like Beningo comes on. He sings Frank Sinatra's Summer Wind. And the Jets ride into the summer win of victory on Sunday. Happy Halloween. We enter the month of November. And I'm not going to say the Jets are in a playoff race because then the yeah, cops would just know. come up to, the, to my floor. I, think they're, me away, I still think they're still 13th in the AFC, Jake. Yeah. So I think I like well, this Two and five has never felt so good. We'll talk about two and five and calling that game alongside our friend Bob and with Marty Lyons, Jets legend. He joins Gangs All Here next. All right, joining us now on Gangs All Here, Jake Brown and Brian Costello is a Jets legend and friend of the program. He played his entire career with Gangrene from 79 through 89, where he was a defensive tackle and part of the New York Sack Exchange. He's a member of the Jets Ring of Honor. He heads the Marty Lyons Foundation, and he's now, of course, the radio analyst alongside our pal Bob Wischusen. Let's welcome back to the show number 93, Marty Lions, Marty, morning, what a guys. game. What morning a game day. you got to call. Bob must have been jumping out of his seat for that one. Yeah, I tell you what, Bob and I were both excited. It's been a long time, and all the fans that were at MetLife, I think they got behind the team from the opening uh, coin toss. You know, the Jets, normally they would defer, take the ball to start the third quarter. They decided, hey, we're going to take the ball right away. And then Mike White marched right down the field, 75 yards for a touchdown. He was seven for seven, and it just seemed like everything clicked. The defense went out there, played well, and, uh, you know, I was happy for the organization, happy for the players, happy for the fans. Yeah, Marty, good week to to be on with us, right? There haven't been a lot of good weeks to talk about the Jets. You picked a good week. That's going to happen when you have a young team, and after getting embarrassed up there in New England, I think that the players came back, and they kind of looked at themselves in the mirror and realized that before we can ask the team to get better, we as individuals have to get better. And that's what they did yesterday. And I know it's only one game, but, you know, you could fill that cup of Kool-Aid up and start taking a few more sips (laughs) after yesterday. Marty, what stood out to you the most about Mike White's performance yesterday? Well, I think he played very poised, very played with a great deal of confidence, didn't try to – I don't think he made any mental mistakes. I don't think he tried to force the ball in when the ball shouldn't have been thrown. He took advantage of what the defense allowed him to have. You know, you take those passes to the running back. Michael Carter had a big game yesterday. Again, uh, back-to-back games where he had over 100 yards from the line of scrimmage. Every player was coming up with doing their own responsibility. You know, when you hit 10 different receivers and you throw for over 400 yards, the first group of players that you have to compliment is the offensive line. They did a tremendous job. In that kind of game, is Bob under the table pumping his fist? Because we know Bob's a Jet fan. And does he is he getting excited in between quarters, in between plays? You go to timeout, you guys talk, and he must have been thrilled. Uh, You know, Bob is thrilled. He's behind the Jets 100%. And, you know, what I do on the way home is listen to his calls. And they went on and on and on, and they got better and better and better. And you could tell that the excitement was coming all the way up to the press box because Bob and I have always looked at doing the Jet games as we're an extension to the team. 
when they don't play well, we try to point that out. We try to be honest with the listeners, but we always want them to do well. And it makes our job a lot easier. Marty, I'm, I'm curious, you know, when you joined the Jets, it was also kind of rebuilding time, right? In 1979, the Jets had not been good for a long time. And you guys, a lot of young guys came in with you and Wesley and Mark and Richard Todd and those guys to kind of turn the thing around. How difficult are just the ups and downs with a young team? Because Robert Sala hit on it after the game yesterday, calling it a roller coaster. Because just like some weeks, it's just not going to click. And then other weeks, it'll click like yesterday. Yeah, that's life in the NFL. I, my second game, my rookie season, we went up to New England and we got beat 56 to 3. To this day, it was the worst beating that I had ever been a part of. And you just got to come back and realize life in the NFL. You got to prepare better. You got to have more confidence and you got to go into next week's game and forget about last week. And I think that's what the Jets did yesterday against Cincinnati. They put New England behind. There's nothing that you could do. You can't go back and say, hey, we should have done this. We should have done that. Well, it's too late for that. But you had an opportunity against a good Cincinnati Bengals team. They're well-coached, well-disciplined. They were coming off back-to-back road wins. They beat Detroit by more than 20. They beat Baltimore by more than 20. They're an explosive team. And I think yesterday what the Jets realized is more or less like baseball. You know, if you keep hitting singles and doubles and moving the ball down the field, you have a chance to win. Time of possession, the Jets had the ball for – I want to say almost 36 minutes compared to 24 minutes, which translates to they had 24 more offensive plays in Cincinnati. It all breaks down to numbers and it breaks down to execution. Do you see this carrying into Thursday? Do you see this being kind of a spark plug for this team? Or do you think this is a one-hit wonder like the Baja men? No, I, I hope so. And it's up to the players. I think the one thing that I saw yesterday, I saw the players having fun enjoying one another, enjoying the success with one another, sharing it with one another. And you know what? You don't want to forget that feeling. Too many times they've gone into the locker room and it's, oh, my God, I can't believe that's the way we played. Well, you're going out there to Indy. Indy had a tough game yesterday against Tennessee. They're still in the hunt. They have a good coach. They have a great quarterback. You've got to take that same feeling and try to duplicate it. Good teams will win week in and week out. Great teams will win for a long span of time. And right now the Jets are just trying to build a new culture in the building, a new attitude. If they want to continue building, they don't want to stub their toes. Well, Marty, it's not really a question this week because we know Mike White is starting Thursday night, but you know what's coming if Mike White plays well Thursday night again. The question is going to be, do they go back to Zach automatically against the Bills if he's if he's healthy? Or do they say, you know what? We're going to ride the hot hand here a little while here with Mike White. What's your view on kind of a complicated quarterback decision they might be facing next week? Well, you know, that's a good question. It's a fair question. I think the quarterback of the future is Zach Wilson right now. But the hot hand, if it's getting you wins, I would stay with Mike White and I would allow Zach to get better, heal up a little bit more. You know, again, I think watching the game from the sideline will do wonders for him because you, you you get to see the speed of the game rather than looking at it from the quarterback position. You're looking at it from a coach's position. You're looking at it from the sideline. And there's plenty for him to learn. I mean, I'm not going to make that decision, but I would ride the hot hand, especially if you can win two in a row. 
you have a little bit of a gap and you get ready to play Buffalo at home. And I would expect MetLife will be packed, not just because the Jets would have won two games in a row. It's a rival. They're in the AFC East. They're the Buffalo Bills. Everybody's picking them to go to the Super Bowl. Plus, Buffalo travel well. So it'll, it'll be a great atmosphere for them. Isn't that wild to say, Marty? Two games later, you go on a Sunday. I had people giving away their tickets. You know, they were thirteen dollars again. They're like, I can't go watch Mike White or if it's Joe Flacco. Now, a week and a half later, there's a chance they might pack the building. I mean, we've seen improbable things happen, but they went again against the Colts on Thursday and have a two-game win streak behind a guy no one heard of. It's one of those stories that makes you love sports even more. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, you look at Mike White, and he was successful. He went to South Florida. And then he transferred to Western Kentucky, had to sit out a year. And then he gets drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. And then you start bouncing around on the practice squad. You're on the practice squad, you're activated. You're on the practice squad, you're activated. You think about the adversity that he's been able to overcome. And then all of a sudden, he gets his opportunity and he makes the most of it. I remember one quarterback for New England that did the same thing now. I'm not comparing Mike White to Tom Brady, but that was the same situation. Let's see what he does against the Colts before we start crowning him the next you know, quarterback for the Jets. But I'm excited for him. I think he's a great kid. It's a great opportunity. He felt that love yesterday. Think about it. Here's a quarterback that has never started a game in the NFL. At the end of the game in MetLife Stadium, the fans were chanting his name. And that's got to be exciting. That's a, that's a great feeling. And uh, he's a very humbled guy. And he looked around the room and he realized, you know, what the team just accomplished, not what he accomplished. It was like Rudy, Marty. It was like yeah. the movie Rudy to me. <laughs> Chant, Mike, Chant his name. <laughs> Mike, what? Oh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was amazing when you started hearing them chant it. So obviously Mike White's the headliner off this game, Marty, but I thought the defense really showed up. And the, you know, the goal line stand, then the fourth quarter, Something Jets teams have struggled to do through the years is come up with that stop in the fourth quarter when they really needed it. And the Jets came up with two of them yesterday. What stood out to you about the way the defense played? Well, I I think the defense rallied around C.J. Mosley. He's the coach on the team, and he's the quarterback of the defense. But, you know, if you go back and you watch the tape, that first interception, I think it was Jesse Bates that came and intercepted it, returned it 66 yards. There's 11 guys that went from offense to defense trying to make the tackle. And the guy that saved the touchdown, Elijah Moore, came out of nowhere and tackled him at the one. But these guys played yesterday with energy, and they played and they fed off one another. And, you know, you look at that and you look at the coin toss, and Rob Salad did everything right yesterday, and, Again, it's just one game, but it's something to build on. Do we credit the beard? You know, me, we got three baldies here. <laughs> Sal's a baldy. He grows the beard. It looks great. And the Jets win. So I guess he's not shaving until they lose, right? I don't know what he's going to do, but whatever he did yesterday to motivate the players, to have that type of feeling after the game with the players, you know, let's try to duplicate it. Yeah, I'm Marty, you've been around the NFL a long time. I mean, this was, this was one of the more improbable games I've ever covered. And it's just... The week-to-week nature of the NFL just never ceases to amaze you with this stuff. I mean, Jake Jake tries to gamble on these games, Marty, and I tell him he's crazy. <laughs> like, I, I, like, gambling on football to me is just so hard and so tricky. 
Because who would have thought that would have happened yesterday with the Jets? I mean, you've seen a lot of crazy things. Where does yesterday rank in kind of improbable games you've covered with the Jets? Well, I think it ranks right up there at the top because you have an unknown quarterback. You have a team that's been struggling, a team that just got spanked up there by the New England Patriots. Nobody gave them a chance. And again, they were playing a good Cincinnati Bengals team. You know, here's a team that came in five and two. You have one of the best young receiver in Jamar Chase out there. You have a young quarterback that has really matured over the year in Joe Burrow. So everything was against the Jets. I think the line was up in double digits, but the Jets didn't care. When you think about it, how many people or how many teams in the NFL wins to toss and elect to take the ball? That sent a message from Rob Salah to his young quarterback, we believe in you. We're going to get one more possession in the first quarter, so hopefully you can go down and score the opening drive. But more importantly, I think he wanted to get rid of that other thing that's been haunting them. They were the only team that hadn't scored a point in the first quarter. So you give yourself an extra possession, you show your your team you have confidence in them, and you take the ball. And I, I thought that was that was the start. Jake, I might take credit for him, for him taking the ball, though, right? I've been saying that for weeks. I actually told Salah the Friday before New England game, I asked him in the press conference, why don't you take the ball? And he explained that deferring, he likes to have a chance to score before halftime and then get the ball back and score after halftime. And then when he came off the podium, I just talked to him on the side, and I, I was kind of just, I wouldn't say arguing, but I was I was stating my case, like, take the ball. So I'm going to take the credit for that one, Jake. That was that was a cause, cause coaching decision right there. The Jets won because of cause. The transitive well, property well, states. Mike White, Mike White had a little bit to do with it, but, you know, I'll give him a little credit too. But I, I did I did tell Salah he should take the ball. You know what that is called? That's called the power of suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> whichever, whichever way it worked, I thought it, I thought it was a great move. I thought it showed a great deal of confidence. Normally, I would agree with Coach Sala. I would say, hey, you know what? You want to set the tempo of the game, put the defense out there. I used to always love that. Hey, we won the toss or we lost the toss. Let the defense start the game. We'll start the tempo of it. But yesterday was a different atmosphere. Uh, I'm shocked the defensive player wants the ball for, first. Of course you want the ball first, Marty. You are a great defensive player, so you want to be out there. Don't Just don't mention the word gambling because Dolphins plus 14 and a half still will have ooh, me doomed by the ooh. worst meaningless touchdown by Josh Allen on third down. That cost me a chance to win $400 uh, in a parlay. That was uh, extremely frustrating. On that end, but in other Marty, news, Marty, tell him he shouldn't gamble. Tell him this is an intervention. Tell him he shouldn't. I've had gamble. some good weeks, but you get more bad weeks probably than good. That's the problem. It's like the old saying: if you're not in it, you're not going to win, right? <laughs> you <know? laughs> there you go. You got to be in it to win it. In it to um, win it. Was there a player that sparked you guys in the early '80s that came out of nowhere? Not really, because I think we had players that you expected that leadership. You know, we had Joe Klecko, Greg Bottle on the defensive side. I think one of the most underrated players that I played with was Kyle Clifton, the middle linebacker. I mean, if you go back and you watch the tape of Kyle going sideline to sideline every single play, he made all the defensive calls, made all the adjustments, just a a quality individual and a heck of a ball player. On the offensive side of the ball, Clark Gaines doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Richard Todd was you know, he had that bad game in the AFC championship game, but he was, he was a quality quarterback. Our, I think our biggest problem is we almost, and he capitalized the A, we almost got there. And then when we had an opportunity, we just made too many mistakes. You know, 
quarterback doesn't have the best game against Dolphins, has five interceptions, one's returned for a touchdown, defense gave up seven points. And, you know, at the end of the game, you lose 14 to nothing. Everybody gives you that pat on the back and they go, don't worry, we'll get them next year. And you continue to play. But unfortunately, that next year never came about being in the AFC Championship game, 60 minutes from the Super Bowl. And, you know, I just hope that the Jets can turn the corner. They're building right now. They got a lot of young players. And if they keep believing in themselves and they keep believing in the system and you keep believing in we're going to have the ups and downs and then sooner or later we're going to get on that platform where we're just going to keep going up and it might be gradual. They're going to be okay. And I think they're moving in the right direction. The mud bowl doesn't happen today, Marty, right? These fields, there's no mud anymore. Like, it's my, you know, they, they're all turf fields now. There's no, no but mud. a lot of people, you know, will, over the years have said, well, Coach Shula left the, the, yeah, the tarp off, off yeah. the field. And my response to that was, we played on the same field they did. They, it's not like after we had the offensive plays and we were terrible, they took the ball and went to a dry field. We just made too many mistakes. And, you know, if you look at yesterday's game, it could have been totally different. It could have been totally lopsided for the Jets if they didn't turn the ball over. At halftime, I want to say that the Cincinnati Bengals, this high-powered offense, only had 41 total yards of offense. They couldn't move the ball on the Jets' defense. They were just fortunate that they were able to take three turnovers and convert them into 10 points. Otherwise, it really could have been lopsided. Marty Lyons, you can get his book, If These Walls Could Talk, New York Jets. You can visit martylyonsfoundation.org. Tell us about the foundation. I know you guys have some nice events to raise money. Tell us what you guys do and what you have coming up on the calendar. Yeah, what what we're doing is for the last 39 years is helping terminally ill children. We take their greatest wish in life, make it become a reality. And I've been very blessed not just to have teammates on the football field, but the teammates with the foundation, the families, the volunteers, everybody that supports our mission. We've been able to help over 8,000 families and raise over $35 million. We operate in 10 states. And I think it really makes, makes you understand what's important in life. You know, the game of football is still just a game. You want to see the Jets win. But the game of life is something that everybody can participate in. Everybody can make a difference. All you have to do is care. And so many of these kids are getting cheated out of life. For us to give them that opportunity, whether it's for a day, a week, or hopefully it's for a lifetime, to feel important, I think that there's a responsibility to every one of us to try to do that. And we can do it. And we can go through life making this world a little bit better for ourselves, our, our children, our grandchildren, if we just do the right thing and we respect one another and we accept one another and we work with one another. And that's why he is a Walter Payton Man of the Year, folks. MartyLionsFoundation.org, Jets Ring of Honor, Jets Radio Analyst on 98.7 ESPN Radio New York alongside our friend Bob Washusen. Now you're back on the road, right, calling the games at must be nice to not be calling off a monitor. Well, we go back on the road for the first time out to Indy. Oh, oh first time. Yeah, first time. We've been calling them from the jet complex watching TV, and you don't get to see the whole picture. You don't get to feel the enthusiasm, the energy of the building. Thank God we weren't up there in New England because that's a long, <laughs> you know, even though it's a short trip after after the game, it's uh, 
it's kind of tough to walk into the locker room. And I've been a part of the Jets organization now for 43 years. So I've seen the good, I've seen the bad, I've seen the ugly. And in reality, I've been a part of all of it. This is our 20th year doing radio. So Bob and I have definitely seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and yesterday was one of those days where you really got behind the team. You felt that energy and you felt the joy and you really felt the fans at MetLife. You know, they were absolutely incredible. And I hope more will come in two weeks when they play Buffalo. Well, you might have to meet up with Kaz at St. Elmo for some shrimp cocktail on <laughs> Thursday for, for lunch, potentially. Have, have you right. been to this world-famous St. Elmo, Marty? I'm sure you have been. I've been there many times. It's not just the size of the shrimp. It's how much horseradish they put yeah. in there. You know, that horseradish they put in there will clean your sinus, not just for that night, but yeah. for a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Marty's got better, Marty's got more important people to dine with than me, Jake, on the road. He's He's... He's got lots. He's, he's Kyle, you're the one calling the plays. You're calling the coin flips. You're telling us defer, accept. So uh, you're an part, important part of the Jets winning right now. Uh, keep it going. Marty Lyons, MartyLyonsFoundation.org, and get the book as well. Marty, looking forward to hearing you on the call and the rest of the way, and uh, let's keep winning. Thanks for coming All right, on. Guys, All right, guys, stay well. If I don't talk to you, have a great Thanksgiving. You too. That says adios to episode 81, the Jerry Philbin edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast in the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me out in producing the show. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts, please. You can also follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and at Brian Cobb. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on a special Friday episode this week following the Jets-Colts game in Indy on Thursday night. Enjoy the game, and thanks for listening, folks.